Welcome to the Understarters Orders podcast. This week's Group 1 action comes from the Curra Racecourse as they stage the Irish Oaks. The Curra also has three other Group 2s on the card, including the Seven Furlong Minstrel Stakes. The Stayers take centre stage at York as they compete for the John Smith Silver Cup. We also see Group 3 action coming from Newbury with the Hackwood Stakes over six furlongs. So stay tuned for the best racing views and opinion from Chris Telford, Stephen Edwards, Andy Cummins and new to the show this week, Declan Carroll. Right, good evening and welcome everybody to this next Under Starters Orders podcast. We're joined tonight by Mr. Stephen Edwards. Say hello, mister. Hello there, guys. We're also joined by our Irishman, Andy Cummins. How are you getting on, guys? And we've also got a new addition to the team this week. We've got a um, study form guy and uh, an all-round great guy. It's Mr. Declan Carroll. <laughs> Cheers, Chris. All right, lads. What's the story? Yeah, we've, so we're now two Irishmen and two Englishmen. Sounds like a start of a joke, doesn't it, lads? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going into a bar, are we? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I just want to basically start off this week by touching on that July Cup that we had on Saturday at Newmarket. Um, I think uh, it was a great performance by Oxted, and it was great to see Kieran Fallon getting that ride, and um, great to see him taking his first grade one. Um, he's done nothing but improve as a jockey. Um, I think he's going places. Uh, it was a great, great performance because it were the time was actually just outside the course record time, but obviously the ground, the dry, ground was dry, drying out as well. And it's a race what saw all of the decent form horses come to the fore. Skeptical friend, well in second, but I thought it was a bit of a lacklustre ride. I feel I feel he could have been pushed a little bit more. Golden Horde was there again under another booking bronco and Adam Kirby ride. Disappointments, you know, were I thought Helen Hume's in probably could do a little bit better. I didn't, I didn't think that he showed his, his true running, and threat really dropped out. Um, I think he's one to swerve right now. I don't think there's something right with him. Um, have you got anything to add on that, Andy? Um, yeah, very little really. Um, I, I did think that the winner was very good. Um, as you said, as you alluded to, Chris was a good time. Um. I did touch on Hello Yumzain possibly needing a break uh, between his races, um, and it's still only a theory, uh, but it, it could well be the case. We probably will see him at Haydock next time, a better performance expected. But the winner has improved a, a rate of knots. Like This time last year, he was getting weight off a pretty honest handicapper in Dazzling Dan, um, and, and just about getting his head in front against him. That was in, at August over, over the Newmarket course and distance. And he's progressed all the way into a, a group one performer. There was, there was no fluke about it. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's really all I've got to give. It was it was a very good performance. There's maybe a change in the guard at this, in the sprinting division now with, you know, the likes of 10 sovereigns, US Navy flag. I know they only stayed around for one year. Um, you know, advertised. They're all gone to stud. So uh, it's, we're just looking for something to really, you know, grasp grasp the reins there. And Oxted and Skeptical too. Geldings too. Horses going the right way. Uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it was it was it was just a, a fantastic performance. Great to see Roger Teal getting a, a big smiley face, and he's I noted that his form was going off so much after the race on the uh, interviews. It was uh, it was great to see him getting all those text messages through. Probably of congratulations, Stephen. Anything you want to add on to that? 
Yeah, it's pretty much just basically what you just said about, especially the training. That takes a lot of credit, doesn't it? Putting a putting a boy on who's claiming free to actually do that. But um, yeah, no, I was pretty disappointed with Fret as I was on him in the week. <laughs> it's hard to take much out of the race, really. Like Newmarket's a weird place, isn't it? To for form to uphold, you can get the odd dodgy run, but I thought Cardin run well. Fourth, I think he could have given a bit more. Maybe he wants an extra half furlong or something. Skeptical, dispersed any sort of... There was a few whispers that he didn't really get home at Ascot, but I think he got home pretty well there, so... And that was it, really. Uh, the favourite was a bit disappointing, wasn't he? I thought. I think a lot of us thought he was heavily back, wasn't it, during the week. I thought he was going to bag that round, maybe, maybe did a business, but we was all looking for a bit of value, wasn't we, against him? That's true, that's true. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Declan? Yeah, I, I actually thought the, the, the favourite ran a good race there. Um, you know, three-year-old, he's going to get bigger and stronger. Um, I, I'd be very happy with him. I know he's backed off the boards, but, you know, sprinters, as three-year-olds, they're not always where they need to be. Um, the the favourite are the, the winners. The winners ran a great race, Wardy winner. Um, he, he's won really well. I think everyone's a little bit fascinated by Kieran Fallon and, you know, everyone's genuinely delighted. Roger Tail, it's, you know, it's it's a great chance for these guys to get group one wins. Um, you know, you go up and trip and it, it's dominated by the big operation. So, you know, fair play to them. It's 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 great to see. Skeptical. Yeah, I, 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 sorry, go on. No, I'm very happy just to see Kieran Fallon. He's a, he's a Wigan lad and I'm a yeah. Wigan lad. Um, after I know that Fallon married a Wigan woman, so yeah, he's from my, my neck of the woods. So it's great to see Kieran taking a taking a big group one like that. Yeah. Look, for me, the the you know I was I was watching skeptical. I I wanted to take him on. I thought he was outstayed at Ascot, and you know he's probably just he's probably been outstayed again. Like all the talk was Frankie went too early. He's probably just not good enough at the moment. Whether it'll improve or not, I don't know. Whether they're going to come back and trip, I don't know. But um, look, I suppose he's come second to a good winner as well. So you don't want to knock him too much. But yeah, look, fair fair play to the winner and connections. Great to see. Uh, it's it's great to see them getting the glory, which is is difficult enough for the smaller guys to get in, in flat racing. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's stepping up as well in class, isn't he? So, Skeptical is still the numb fault that the Debe on up day over five. So, yeah, I wouldn't write him off at all. Yeah. I think we all send our congratulations over to the Roger Teal yard. Um, I think it's great to see those the smaller yards getting a grade one success on a big day like that like Saturday was. All right, guys. Um, I'd like to just touch on now a new feature of the show, which is going to be talking about horses that... Um, have caught your eye in the last week or so. Um, I'm going to kick off proceedings here with um, two horses that actually um, ran last week. The first one I want to touch on is um, Rose of Kildare. Now, Rose of Kildare um, won, was the winner of the Musadora at York on Thursday last week. Um, and it's a performance, I feel, of guts and sheer quality. I think... It was it, her guts really stuck in over that two furlongs out. She battled so hard and then she won going away in the end. Um, it's a credit to actually the Johnson team who do actually run their horses, and, and that's what I like to see. What yards actually run their horses? 
It was the first time at a mile and a quarter, and she's absolutely relished it. Despite being very busy this year, running in the English, the German, 1,000 guineas. And then only four days earlier, she ran in that Princess Elizabeth at Epsom. Um, it was a it's clear personal best. I think she's going places. It opens up new avenues, I think, for her now. And uh, I'm excited about her going forward. I think it'd be nice to see her go to the pre-Diane in, uh, at Shanty later this season. And I think ground over there could be perfect and ideal for her. Um, so she's one I feel we need to watch going forward. Um, I also I also want to touch on another horse that actually it ran in a quiet uh, it ran on Saturday night really didn't really I don't think many people will have re- uh, will have seen this horse run but um, it was a horse that ran at Salisbury not um, to seventy five handicap and uh, it's a horse of Hamdan Hamdan Almut Tombs it was called Ruwayat. Um, won by about 10 lengths, making an absolute mockery of its mark. I just think if it turns up again in a similar kind of handicap, it's going to romp that um, looks very well handicapped and uh, it looks one to monitor going forward whenever it next turns up. So, uh, any, anything else that caught your eyes this week? Let's uh, throw over to Declan first. Anything from you? Yeah, look, a little bit boring. Um, Buick for Appleby in the Superlative Stakes. Uh, I, I'm just reading um, the right up here. I didn't see before the race, but you know, I think this makes him more impressed with the restless in the stalls. He, he didn't look. He, he didn't break poorly, but he didn't break great either. Um, I thought he didn't get the cover he probably needed. Uh, it was was very green, but once Buick got into him, you know, w- once he got racing, he ended up scooting away. I thought it was very very impressive. Um, little bit easy to pick him out, but. You know, still, still quite impressive. You, you look back at previous winners. You, you know, Quarto, Gustav Klimt, recently enough. So you know, it, it's it's interesting to see what's to come from him. Um, yeah, I thought he was he was impressive the way he scooted clear after. You know, not probably not having a, an easy journey through the race. Thanks very much for that deck. That's great, um, Andy. Anything from you? Um, yeah, so I have a, a couple of honourable mentions first. Um, a filly called Ayrton Sky, who ran in the 205 at Ascot on Saturday. Um, it was a filly. Um, she made her basically made her challenge on the wrong part of the track at Ascot. Uh, the race developed away from her. She came home really well to finish third. Um, that was over a mile. Ten furlongs would probably be no issue. Uh, she could win a similar race in, in, in the near future. Um, then another honourable mention to Joseph O'Brien's Grand Master Flash who ran the Ebor trial at the Curra uh, on Friday um, was not given the hardest of times whatsoever um, to finish third um, now we won't be getting into the Ebor I don't think off his mark but there's probably a plan going forward there maybe uh, there's a there, I think there's to the top of my knowledge there's a um, a mile and three quarters handicap at Leopardstown at Irish Champions weekend so it might be looking out for the entry there um, and then the horse I really wanted to get into, I actually tipped him on last week's show, uh, was John Gosden's Godhead, uh, who finished third in the Bunbury Cup. Um, me, like the absolute fool I am, uh, tipped him, I think, at around 12 to 1. Uh, he was allowed to go off at 28 to 1. So uh, I, I think I was probably the only person on planet Earth that might have thought he had a chance. Um, he had a low draw, which was looking good throughout the card at Newmarket, but it just did not materialise in the Bunbury Cup I think you alluded to that last week as well Chris mm. um, so he, he it was a really eye-catching run nothing was really expected of him considered the betting I think it was his first turf start 
Um, and he, he just ran on really well to finish third. I'd say there's an absolute bundle of improvement there. Um, he might not even be a handicapper. He could be a group horse, probably in the making. Um, that proverbial term that I don't even like, but he, he could well be you know, up to that class. Um, you could see him in something like the international stakes at Ascot. He might even get the nine furlong Cambridgeshire trip. Uh, he could just be one of those horses that you just look out for in a big handicap going forward. So I'd definitely look out for Godhead, pop him in the trackers. He's definitely one. It was his first try on um, on grass too, so that was uh, a great mm. effort, I feel. Open to lots of improvement, brilliant. Um, Stephen, anything from yeah, you? Yeah, no, I'd agree with the last two guys. Definitely Godhead last week. That, that could end up in his sweeps or something at Goodwood, couldn't it? Uh, so Basket was a bit, a bit of a rough race, wasn't it, for him? He was sort of like coming there to win. But for me, it was Mahaffa Ascot. Very boring, I know, because I backed him, but he really screwed away with that field, didn't he? I think he's a bit short for the Sussex now, but Marcus Tregoni has been very patient with him. I could see him really, really improving. Dare I say another naif, but yeah, he could, he could, he could turn out to be that sort of level, you know. It'd be great to see if it was another naif. Yeah, what a fantastic mm. horse that was. Yeah, such a patient. He'll definitely stand training as well, won't he? You know? He's very likely raised be... four or five runs, I think. He could be uh, Marcus Dragonning's next McPhee if he's lucky. <laughs> dear idea. There's a story about they sold it for about 16 grand, didn't they? Something silly. Yeah. <laughs> right, Sorry, well, lad, just before we move on there, just mention uh, Patrick Sarsfields. I mean, come on, where's this improvement coming from? You know, you, you can't help but be impressed by that. Another, you know, clean cut win the weekend. Um, yeah, the best Yeah. It was the Mel Stakes, wasn't it? He, he won that. Uh, uh, Levertown, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was it Group 3, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thought, you know, he's just improving and improving. I thought, is he a four-year-old? He is, yeah. He's four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and just a title adding him, him in there at the end. Very impressive again. He was very impressive. He won that going away. He's clearly a horse on the up. Could be a group horse in the making. Yeah, like, you know, you, you look at what Stout does when they, you know, as they get older, they get the five-year-olds and they turn into serious group, group one horses. Mm. You know, you wouldn't know where Joseph's going with him. Um, but he's definitely on the up. That's great. Thanks very much for that, guys. Um, well, we've got a big race this weekend and it's actually action from over the, over the uh, pond, really. Not over the pond, really. That's America, isn't it? Over the Irish Sea, um, we're going over to Ireland for today's group for Saturday's Group One action, um, and we are going to the Jul- uh, sorry the Irish Oaks um, Group One over one mile four thir- furlongs uh, on Saturday. Um, Shawanda holds the record for this race uh, back in two thousand five, where one what qu- one second quicker than Ouija Board's time back in two thousand and four. Um, surprisingly. The last three years, the Irish have failed to win any of these renewals and it's gone to the UK trainers. However, this year, it's staying in Ireland as uh, it seems that no British trainers are actually going to turn up this year. Uh, and with the exception of Aidan O'Brien, the last Irish, train, last Irish trainer to win this was Paddy Mullins way back in 2003. Raises Frankie for Paddy. <laughs> Uh, the O'Brien family, uh, they have eight of the 12 horses that have stood their ground here. Gerald Lyons has three, and uh, Jesse Arrington has got the current favourite in Kay and Pepper, who was last seen chasing home Magical in that pretty poly stakes. 
So the question, lads, is where do we look for clues in unlocking this race now that love isn't declared? Andy, do you want to start us off on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but just to just to touch on the fact that these Irish fillies are are really looking like a quite a, an exceptional bunch. And um, we saw what Love did to the two British Phillies classics. And um, we saw one, two, three in the pre the uh, the French Oaks. And um, you know they they really are leaving their mark. Um, and I think this is only going to continue this year. Um, it, to, first of all, it's it's trying to break down which horses are going to run. And um, that that's that's the most important part, really. Before you try to kind of find a bet, like a peaceful eleven to two, she's surely not going to run because she should be probably six to four. Uh, Fancy Blues going to go to the Nassau Stakes, and um, New York Girl and La Mista they carry entries on Sunday, and um, so we need to watch that in the Kilboy Estate Stakes Group Two for fillies over nine furlongs, and. Um, so, it, you know, it does, a lot of the field are doubtful. We're going to have a small field. So if you do fancy something and, you know, they are a price, and if, especially if it's an each-way price, definitely back it now because I could probably only see six or seven runners here. Um, so, yeah, KM Pepper is probably the one you'd have to look at off the bat because, you know, that, that run against Magical was really, really eye-catching. The, 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 you know, the consensus from the stable was that she was really going to need the run and um, the, the pre-race betting kind of suggested that as well. She ran really, really well to finish second. It would have been very unfair to kind of expect much more than that. Um, Ennis Tymon, uh, probably a joint favourite round with KM Pepper, around a two-to-one mark. Um, nine lengths, beat, beaten, love, beaten by love by nine lengths. You know, I, I just want to think that there's there's something in this field that could get within nine lengths of love. Um, like it was a perfectly fine run, but... I, I wouldn't be touching two to foot, two to one with a with a ten foot barge pole uh, with her, and um, even so, fifth in the guineas uh, wins a listed race. Then on her next start, that that was absolutely that was a good performance, real battling attitude. And uh, when she beat uh, La Burnham, and um, I'd say those two will run. Um, La Mista, I think, is a doubtful runner. Um, Passion will probably run, but I, she looks exposed at the at this level. Um, pros, I'd probably no chance. Uh, Yaxeni held by Snow. Um, Snow has been the one for money, um, and she's improving at a rate of knots since winning a current maiden. Um, so at the prices, she'd probably be the one I'd be looking at. Um, she's still seven, seven to one is still available about Snow. Um, if you, you know, if you if you were willing to like lose your money without a run. Um, because I do think she'll run, but this does come with a serious disclaimer. Um, I'd be backing New York girl of Joseph O'Brien, uh, Joseph O'Brien's yard. Um, she was a winner of a maiden, or not a maiden, what am I talking about? She was a winner of a group three to break her maiden tag last year. Um, and albeit it wasn't the strongest group three for any maiden to win a group race, is, is, is mightily impressive in my eyes. She was not beaten far by um, Peaceful and Fancy Blue and the Irish Guineas. Um, she actually finished ahead of Even So that day, who was a shorter price for this race in, in the betting here. Um, and, and, you know, she is bred for this trip. Um, she was held up from a very poor draw in the Irish Derby. Um, and, you know, her chance was kind of gone. She made late headway and hit the line really well to finish seventh. Like, it was a perfectly fine run. Um, I, I think the smaller field would suit her a lot more. 
if you were happy to take a risk at 20 to 1, like obviously she does carry an entry on Sunday. I'm pretty sure she'll run here. Uh, there's absolutely no way she'll be 20 to 1 if she turns up. And there is very likely you, you will not get three places on the day either. So if you wanted to be shrewd, um, that's the bet I'd be going for. You can have New York Girl at 20 to 1. Um, and just pray that they keep her in the race. Um, if she, if she was to defect to Sunday, uh, she'd be a, she'd be a good bet on Sunday as well. But I'd I'd really be fancying her here. If she showed up, especially if you're getting three places when you should be only getting two. Yeah, that's gone straight into my notebook, Andy. It's not one that I actually had a look at, um, but I'm going to have a real good look at that one now. That New York girl, um, great. That's great analysis, Andy, um, as ever. Um, Declan, anything you want to add on to that? Yeah, look, I I, I admire Andy. Putting his um his neck on the line there just to you know picking something out like New York girl. To be honest, you know I, I just the race like the, the two Joseph horses, ourself and and Cross for Hurricane like they may as well not been in the race for me. And sometimes horses they enjoy going by beating horses. The rest of them are racing. They were out the back. You know, I think she was a bit flattered by by where she finished. Um, you, you know, they you have horses who have raced and they're beaten, and they've thrown they've thrown the tail in, and she enjoyed going by horses. Um, you know, to be honest, Andy, I hope I end up with egg on my face, and I hope it comes <laughs> off me. I hope she hacks up, but I just can't see it myself. And um, I I back crossed for a hurricane. I was thinking, what's going on here? It's like they're in another race, and I don't think he can unless they're gone. Absolutely mad up front, you know. I, I I don't think he can do that. And there were, I think she was she was flattered by where she finished. But look, you know, it takes a man to, to stick his neck out and and pick out something. We can all pick favourites, like so. Fair play to you. I hope it comes off you. But um, I think Chris, you you've put us all under a bit of pressure to moving it forward, and I and uh, we're going to have some non runners. Like I I thought, Peaceful would have. Torn the tables with fancy blue, but you know, unless she does it at home, we, we probably won't. You know, we're not going to see it. So I, I don't really. I'm looking at the, the top two in the market, uh, Kay and Pepper and Dennis Diamond, and it's coming down to, um, you know, is is nine land second to love? Is that better form than the, the four and a half land second to magical? Um, Andy, you might be able to tell me a bit more about the, the weight that was given away. Um, yeah, well, like the the weight for age allowance, you, you, when it was twelve pounds, um, and Magical was a four and a half length winner, so she was an easy winner. But like, it, it kind of depends what way you want to look at the form. We we know KM Pepper was not fit that day, and we know she's going to yeah. improve for the trip, and she's going to improve for that experience. Um. Would that be good enough to get within nine lengths of love? I know it's a different yeah. context. Um, well, personally, I'd say yes. Um, so. Yeah, well, look, I, 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 I've, been, I've been excited about KM Pepper for a long time, and I was delighted to see that run behind Magical. Magical is probably a, a very underrated horse. She's lived in the shadow of Enable, but Enable is, you know, she, she's an absolute, she's a bull. She's huge. She has that long stride, and, and you know, the, the Colts can't live her. Um, and Magical's ran some, some cracking races and our form is solid you know the Irish champion stakes the British champion stakes really really good horse and I thought that run it, I was very surprised um, 
myself, I back Fleeting, who's a very unlucky horse. But Kay and Pepper, without being given a, a really tough race, you know, she she was she was second, and and today is uh, Saturday. This coming Saturday is the prize. So like that, that's where my my money is. I was a bit disappointed when I woke up this morning and then seeing she'd moved to favourite. Like I'm just looking now at two to one joint favourites. I I think it's going to be a great race between the two. The rest of them, I think, are are, are running for place money. Um, you know, there's all the L's there. The Bournem, the Mystic Lions has won even so for. For the lads, um, Snow, I, I don't really know. She possibly could be the fly in the ointment, but I don't, I don't know enough. I haven't looked deep enough into it. But for me, it's between K and Pepper and and Ennis Diamond, and I'm saying with like, look, don't get me wrong. We all know Love is is a serious racehorse, but it's still only potential at this stage. And I'm siding with what we've seen from Magical, and I'm gonna go K and Pepper. Um, and it's probably my my bet of the weekend. That's a that's a lot of that's a lot of money going down then, isn't it, Declan? Yeah, <laughs> me two fifty <250 laughs> each way. <laughs> no, that that's great, great and a great analysis there, Declan. I can see where you're coming from there. She does look a quality at K and Pepper, and I think she will improve for that first run. Uh, let's go over to Mister Stephen. Uh, anything you want to add on to this, Mister? Yeah, the guys have saved our bacon there, Chris, haven't they? They've covered everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. I sort of, I'm sort of on the same page as uh, Declan, really. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the Ennis Diamond book. Uh, I'd like it to see it to be ridden the way it was ridden at Epsom, really. I think it was, it was sort of there to be shot at Epsom, wasn't it? And the fact it stayed second, I think, is a real like a real credit to her. Cam Pepper, she should start since again by Australia. Uh, Fleeting's the key in the whole form, isn't it? Fleeting got so close to Starcatcher last year, got badly hampered when running in the Oaks and finished third. Probably could have been closer that day, Epsom. Ascot should have won. Longchamp and Arkdale was there. It was unlucky again. He put guns made. I would stick with Ennis Diamond just because he's done it over the trip. She's got form in the book, but yeah, I think Fleeting is the key, the key bit of form. With if, it, if Fleeting wasn't in that race, I probably would have played it down a little bit. Cayenne Pepper's run behind Magical because sometimes you get in small fields and the favourite goes and favourite goes and does what you expect it to do, and then the second can look better than it is. But I think the fact Fleeting was beaten quite well by the second makes it a really close matchup. Yeah, I think the only the only blotch on on KM Pepper's notebook really is when she ran at Newmarket last year, and you know she she was totally taken off her feet when they went into the dip, and and they really started to quicken. You're hoping now that she's learned from that. Um, was she like when they met the rising ground? She picked up and she ran on, and I think she just snapped fourth on the line, but. Other than that, it's it's ones and a two. Yeah, the same, and, yeah. yeah sorry, Dick. So the same happened to Quadrilateral that day, didn't it? It sort of got really out pace going into the dip and she she sort of found the leg, didn't she, and shot the round. I know Andy was quite big on powerful breeze that day, but that form looks good now, doesn't it, with a third love? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's great, great summarising, lads. It's, it's, it's going to be a great race. It'll be a great watch. Two at the top of market look very solid to me and I can see... Um, why Andy loves an outsider. He does love an outsider and he's give us a, he's give us a really good um, spiel there about why he, he likes New York girl. 
Um, so we're going. Andy's going New York girl each way at twenties. Is that right, Andy? Yeah, I, I am. Yeah, I will just allude to the fact I know that Declan did say that she was coming through beating horses, but she did have the ability to lay up with the pace and sit in the box seat in the Irish One Thousand Guineas over a mile, and that was actually her best performance on the figures. Um, I don't think she'd be out the back now in the in the in the Oaks. I think she'd be right up with the pace. I think she'd be ridden quite differently. I think the draw dictated the issue of coming through the beaten horses the last day and I'm just praying she shows up because I've gotten on look if I lose my money I lose my money but like I'm just gonna I'll back her on I'll back her on Sunday instead if that's the case so <laughs> win-win situation that's what I call that mm. Andy. <laughs> yeah right well um thanks for summarizing that guys got two for KM Pepper it looks like there and one for New York girl there in the Irish Oaks Right, I'm going to move on to now another of the group races on the Curra card on Saturday, which is the Group 2 Minstrel Stakes, which is at 6.15 on Saturday. I've um, got a few stats for you, Elad, from this race, because I think they're quite interesting. Um, eight, of the last ten, uh, eight of the last 12 were age four or older. Eight of the last 12 were also top three in the betting. Now, this is one that puts me off Romanized quite because the last 12 winners of this have actually, have actually won, uh, run in the last 32 days. Um, and 10 of the 12 winners have, have won at least twice at the Curra. Lowstalls also have a really good uh, record in this race. Um, I find it quite fascinating, actually, looking at this race, that Miss Celestial is uh, turning up here, because um, she's in fall at the minute to Nathaniel. Um, she absolutely demolished Billingsden Brook at Chelmsford. And obviously, Billingsden Brook has come out since then and, and has really run very well second. Um, but she probably does still have a lot to prove in this company. Um, do we think that Romanised lads, though, can get its season off to a flyer here? What do you think, Declan? Well, look, look on back, he, he usually needs to run, you know, really, really good horse. Uh, he's won it last year. Um, I'm willing to take him on. It, it's in, you know... I think trying to find the runner in this race because th- there's multiple entries. Um, you know, you, you should be able to have a bet on trying to find the runner. Speaking <laughs> colours is in the form of his life. The last day, like seven furlongs at the Curra, I don't know. The seven at, at Fairy House is an easy, it's an easy seven. And I think uh, Ted Walsh mentioned it on, on RTE as well. Like, it, he mentioned before the race it was an easy seven and then when speaking colours got up and you know he, he went away from them really he was thinking Jesus it must be a really easy seven four longs at, at Fairy House so I don't know going back to the Curra um, Roman I probably you know he, he, in history might tell us he, he needs to run um, Vatican City I, I was so impressed with Vatican City in the Guineas. Um, he just was not as good as Siskin, but he he didn't get a great, you know, he didn't have a great time of it. And when he got out, he picked up and he, he ran hard after him. He was always held, but I seen him running after him. I thought the size of him, he, he was a much bigger horse. I said, there's the derby winner. Um, it wasn't the B. We're still, you know... Andy might tell us more about the form. People are saying he, he, he was never going to get the derby trip. I was looking at him being a Galileo, thinking big horse, big three-year-old. He's going to come on. He's going to win the derby. Wasn't to be. He's very interesting on on Saturday in this race. You're going through the rest of them. I don't know enough about the rider, um, Mark Prescott's horse. 
if it was any shorter, you know, British sprinters coming over, I'm all over them. They just race at a faster pace. They're used to it, particularly in handicaps. I don't know if 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 they get handicaps, you know, they're, they're sort of not suffering it. Every year we we have this conversation at the spring festivals, the National Hunt Horses, about the Irish horses getting an extra three pounds. It doesn't seem to happen with English sprinters coming over because they collect prizes all the time at the Curra. If it was any shorter, I would definitely be taking interest, but I, I don't know enough and I, I'm not going to go there. Um, Jerry Lyons' horse, Buffer Zone, as hard as farms over shorter, I don't know. There's an interesting one in, in, in back to Brussels, Fuzzy Sack, I think. You know, you look at the farm and it's massive prices and nowhere and suddenly the last day of Cork second you know and I think um, is that a filly like is there an extra leg spread with there I don't know <laughs> yeah like you know it's definitely worth keeping an eye on what, what's going on there you know is getting ready for for the big day here I don't know Um, one to keep an eye on but where I'm Playing towards in this race is surrounding the Calvert's horse. I actually backed him the last day at Fairy House. He was second to um, Speaking Colours. He, he, you know, Speaking Colours went, came out, went by them all, and he ran after him. The, the, the tougher track at the Curry, it might be a faster pace. I think it could suit him. Um, no idea of a price yet. N- have no idea whether he's going to turn up at this stage, but if he does, that's where my money's going anyway. Um, surrounding for Mick Halford. Great, thanks for that, Declan. Uh, don't really know. I'll just allude on that thing about Miss Celestial because I actually think Miss Celestial does have to improve a lot. She's a, she's a listed winner. Um, I think she has to step up a, a, a lot again this year. But being in fall um, to Nathaniel, she, she, you know how much being in fall can actually improve off the Infall, sorry, I didn't know that. So, okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> she's in foul and on holidays. Yes, yeah, she is. That's that's a double whammy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but she absolutely pulverized Billingsden Brook, and it's very interesting for her if she goes over there to travel. Um, because I've never seen, I, I've, I've always thought that she was just a listed class filler, and she she did show, I feel, a huge improvement for being in fall. I feel. That is the only reason I can simply give the reason why she beat Billingsden Brook by six lengths. It was it was ridiculous. Um, what about you, Andy? Anything from you for the minstrel? Um, yeah, Declan alluded to it. Just finding a runner, um, you probably deserve a medal. Uh, buffer zone in the Sapphire. Um, so was speaking colours. Miss Celestial is an engagement at York. Uh, let me see, uh, Arizona only ran the other day, so did Fort Myers, uh, Vatican City, is he really going to drop back seven furlongs? Like, that would just, I, I, I just don't think he, well, like, if he has an entry, he has an entry, I suppose, but he's, like, dropping back seven furlongs in trip can't be ideal, really. And then you have the Phillies trying to get black type back to Brussels, uh, surrounding uh, Precious Moments, Love, Lockett. Um. I, I think this is a bit of an open and shut case, to be brutally honest. Like Lancaster House is sitting there. I, I know it's so obvious, but it, if you get odds against, I, I, I think he's going to win. Um, because it's going to be such a small field. He's already beaten Speaking Colours. He's an improving Colt. Um, 
I think Kilmore be like they'd be really really interested in maybe getting this guy into the the stallion ranks down the line. I don't want to bore people here. He's obviously by Galileo out of an Oasis dream mare. If you look back on the um, Quiet Oasis is the name of the dam, but if you look back um, in her family, um, I think it's Quiet Oasis mother is related to Park Express. Uh, Park Express, who um, is actually the dam of New Approach. So you'd be there's a bit of an in, inbred thing going on in there, and he could be very very attractive for breeders in in the stallion house. Uh, so I'll, I will just I, I, that's the last I'll make of the breeding really but um, I, I do think this horse could be very very should be very very short um, and then let me see there's very there's very little else um, Romanized his you know if you look at the race and post ratings there's no, he's right like 97 on this uh, he's rated 97 on his, you know, his reappearance as a three-year-old uh, before winning the Guineas. Um, he, he ran to, I think it was 10 pounds below his best um, his best rating last year on a seasonal reappearance last year. So if you got an each-way price about him, which is highly unlikely, or you could maybe back him without the favourite because he still should probably be second. Um, but, but if you get odds against on Lancaster House, I, I think it's a no-brainer, to be honest. Great, thanks, Sander. Yeah, it looks... That victory against Speaking Colours was uh, was pretty ruthless, really. Um, State anything for you? This mental, I know it's not cut up yet. Um, yeah, anything? very little, very little. There's a lot of horses dropping in trip, isn't there? Which is it, it revolves around whatever Aiden decides to do, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Vatican City, he looked like he needed further in the Guineas, didn't he? Him dropping to seven would be a concern. Uh, it all revolves around the favourite, I think. If he runs, he'll. He'll probably go up around four to seven, I guess. But, uh, wow. There's a lot of disappointing horses, isn't there? Arizona's gone off the boil. He was four or five to one for the Guineas, wasn't he, after the last year's Coventry? But precious moments seems to run every week. No, I'll be with a favourite, I'm afraid. Very boring as it is. Yeah. We Rabbit want a bit of value. Come on, we want a bit of value, lads. What value are we going for in this? Well, look, if you want a bit of value... That, that horse of fuzzy stacks who spread with the extra leg, rolled the dice, um, back back to Brussels. No, don't know where that run came from the last day. So, you know, if, I don't know what. Um, let me look there. What was it? Yeah, well, from the last day, yeah. I suppose you can't really go on the, the you know, last of 15, last of 12. So, you know, there's, there's, there's not an awful lot of form there. The six, four long run, second, the last day, can I, who knows? Who knows? But it's hard to know at this stage. I don't know what price surrounding is going to be or if he'll even run. Um, it's not as solid as Andy's um, in, in the Oaks, you know, if you're looking for a large price, but certainly worth rolling the dice if, if she turns up at a big price. Super. I know we're right. a bit might. worried about yeah. Romanized needing to run, but the form is there, isn't it, for everyone to see? That's, that's yeah, good horse. Really year. good horse. One of Jack Lamarawa. If yeah. he's anywhere yeah. near fit, he should go very, very close. But the favourite just looks a bit more solid, doesn't it? Yeah. Basically, if Lancaster House turns up, he's going to be short. Um, some decent each-way shouts there. Surrounding, 
and um, the, the Fuzzy Stack Horse. Oh, yeah, the back to Brussels. Interesting runners. Um, yeah, that's stepping back up to seven might. You've actually helped back to Brussels, actually. Looking how it was stayed on last time. But I think we've covered the other minstrel six. Um, and now we're actually going to come back over to our side of the ocean, Steve. Uh, we're going to come yeah. over, back over to that York helps. now. <laughs> it's about time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Steve, I'm you're going to leave the proper racing. The proper racing, yeah, the proper racing back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as much as uh, Steve Harmon likes to say, he doesn't like the Irish racing. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't like Ryan Moore. <laughs> Easy now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just digging at you, Steve. He's a big fan of this. Yeah, I don't even think he'll listen, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Steve, Steve Edwards, now, you have got... Have you got an opinion on this uh, race at York that we're looking at, the John Smith Silver Cup? Yeah, I've, I like both races, really. The, the Silver Cup, I've sort of... The Universal Order was the one I first looked at, if he's still going to run. He... Uh, he won really well at Newmarket from coming from behind. Where are we? Where are we? Sorry, guys. Two seconds. He's still entered, yeah. David Simcox runner. True Sham was favourite early in the week, but Communicate seems to have been coming from about seven or eight to one. But Universal Order is the one I looked at. Yeah, he looks uh, He does look a solid horse, that David Simcock. I remember that race last time, coming from really far back. I do like yeah, horses that com- come from behind at York, too. Well, Communicate will go off one at a decent clip. And the runners, I guess, will come down the middle, won't they? The other one I liked in that race was Salino with uh, James Fenshaw's. He ran in the race at Royal Ascot where that uh, Roger Varian blot horse absolutely bolted up, didn't it? Fujera Prince. If you, yeah. watch, if you watch Salino turn in, he was pretty much in a back three. But in the final furlong, he came wide alongside uh, was it Almania, and he really, 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 really quickened up. He was catching the winner hand over fist, but he was still beaten by three or four lengths. But he was he was around a twelve to one shot. I think he would have a good chance of taking if taken to the field. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on this race, really. I mean, I, I do love staying races. Uh, I just think. Um, it's one that I'm probably going to leave alone here. I don't know if you Irish lads uh, have an opinion on this uh, Silver Cup. Can, no. Yeah. <laughs> can I give one a quick mention there? Yeah. Um, it, it's just it's it's just a bit interesting now. It might be for t- um for this particular race, but just going forward, I think Eagles by Day needs to be looked at very very closely. Do you know um, what? I'm, he's in my tracker a long long time since mm. before the is Linfield Derby trial. Expel, and, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, so he, he's just changed uh, yards to David O'Mara, who uh, will be his first start for David O'Mara, uh, assuming he he um, assuming he takes up the entry. Um, now, he won his maiden, was poor against, beaten eight lengths by Anthony Van Dyke in the Linkfield Derby trial. The ground may have had the issue, been the issue there. Um, now, you can make the argument that his third of eight beaten four and three quarter lengths by Japan and the King Edward is a bit of an anomaly on ratings. And um, like he's, it's easily his best effort of his life. Um, and it's not even remotely close. Um, and that's why he has his mark. But, you know, he, something went wrong. I think he burst a blood vessel there in the Bahrain trophy on his next start. Um, and he was off for the rest of the season. 
soft ground probably unraveled him when a no hoper eighty to one shot in the Hardwick. Um, now he'll be changing yards. Um, I say it's more of a fact finding mission. Um, but I just have a feeling that they're going to aim this horse at the Ebor, and it will be his handicap debut after contesting multiple group races. Um, and and that particular course, you know, uh, Muntaha won it after doing that. Um, and I believe last year's winner Mustajir. Um, he he only the only other handicap he ran in really was the other was the Ebor from the year before. Um, so just keep an eye on how this horse runs. I'm not saying that he's going to be ridden eye-catchingly, but just just keep an eye on it. Even 12 to 1, he's probably a fine each way back because I think he'll improve dramatically. Um, I think he I think he'll have an opportunity to to you know show his, his best form. Um, so do just keep an eye on him at a nice price. Cheers, Andy. That's great. Declan, nothing from you in this one, is there? You know what? I, oh yeah, I lost connection there, lads. Was Andy still talking about Eagles by day? He was, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Look, as I said, he's been in my tracker a long time since before that. That I think he won a Salisbury, and then um, he ran in that Linfield Derby trial behind that Ivan Dyke. So I, I follow Andy there. Yeah, Eagles by day. We're all on. Yeah, <laughs> as well. If it comes in, we're all buying the beers. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, Steve, you want to touch on that um, John Smith's handicap too, the Class 2? Yeah, over I do. Over a mile and a quarter? Well, yeah, it's the same sort of story. We're not sure what's going to run, is it? No, 31 runners. Maybe three or four runners. But uh, the one I like is Sinjari. I followed this all off a of cliff last year. He was probably, he probably should have beat Hedman in last year's London Cup at Newbury. Hedman, as you know, has gone on to he sort of he ran a group race in France. He was he then ran fifth in the Irish Champion behind Magical and all them horses. Anthony Van Dyke, Deirdre. So I thought it was pretty solid after after the Newbury race. He then went to Ascot. He was given a strange ride. I thought by uh, by James Doyle. He done the Willie Carson Barry route under the trees. He was the only one done it that day, and he, was, he sort of finished down the field in that race. You had South Pacific, Constantinople. It was a, it was a really strong handicap, you know. <laughs> After that, he went off the boil with two average runs last back end. After I'd say only an okay run at Goodwood behind Forrester Dean, which is still quite a decent yardstick. I'm not sure if he's going to run as Haggis. Haggis has a few entered, namely Desert Icon, who bolted up a new market bar, I think, eight or nine lengths. I just wonder whether Sinjari might be best when fresh. And off, at 12 to 1 off of 8 stone 11, I'm more than happy to take a like, plan each way, you know? Yeah, I. I quite like your thinking there because uh, we all know that Haggis loves a winner up in Yorkshire where he's from. Uh, he's been teaming up well with that David Allen um, up north. Yeah. Um, he's going to get in off a very light weight here. He's, um, well, he, he's only off 95. Yeah, I think he should just bat straight in. Like, you've got the, the, the favourites for uh, fifth position, isn't it? Uh, he's a worthy favourite. He's running probably the strongest form race of the season, isn't he? That day, the first at Newcastle when he finished fifth in a race that was thrown up and it threw up the Hunt Cup winner, Dark Vision. The Silver Cups, the Busker. <laughs> the race is just throwing up winners up, winner after winner. Even the eighth, I think, Arcanada. Uh, one at Windsor on Monday, or it might have been second. But it's, it's a strong race. It's looking like it did the old days. Even Michael Stout, he's got solid stone. That one, the handicap at Newmarket's Craven, uh, Craven meeting last year. It's a race that he always used to throw one of his good three-year-olds at that would develop into something better. Solid stone hasn't really... He hasn't really matured and gone that way, but 
almost like Dr. Freeze back in the day, end up being placed in the derby after winning. The, so, the other one was looking up was Caradoc. He, um, there's been a lot of money for him in the last few days. He was he running that race at Epsom on Derby Day where he got into trouble and he sort of flew. He sort of flew home. He found trouble again in the last sort of furlong, but I think a lot of people a lot of people saw that as a bit of an eye catcher. I think he's gone from twelves into about eights. Um, but yeah. it's an open race. But I do like I really do like the chance of Sinjari. Yeah, I think I'll be following him in with that one. Any from from you Irish lads on that? Um, so no, I won't waste our, I won't waste our time. Um, not for the Johnson it's called sorry Jans yeah no no worries lads that's that's no. that's the name of the game isn't it we have opinions on things and some things we don't have opinions on <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would like to now maybe to wrap up the show um, I'd like us to think about maybe some some other things that we haven't talked about for the weekend um, anything that you fancy from other meetings anything that's coming up that you really want to uh, highlight um, maybe we could start with you, Andy, on that. Anything else that you want to highlight for the weekend ahead? Yeah, there's going to be two small bets for myself um, elsewhere that we haven't touched on. Uh, um, the first one will be 2.35 at the Curra um, on Sunday. Uh, this will be the Mangard Plus Summer Phillies Handicap over seven furlongs, three-year-old plus. Um, you might, you're probably going to think I'm on drugs here, but there, there is a, a filly down the very, very bottom now. I'm kind of hoping the top weight comes out because she would technically be out of the handicap. Uh, it's Point Reyes and Gavin Cromwell trains. Um, now, you're you're probably going to get about 50 to 1 on this filly. She is going to be an absolute ludicrous price. And I, I just can't help myself but at least have a small each way bet. Um, the consensus or my personal consensus is that she, despite her form line, she is still improving. Uh, she was backed as if defeat was out of the question shortly after the lockdown at Gower and on the 11th of June. Um, and then the jockey, uh, Connor Maxwell, rode uh, after a steward's inquiry, said she did not handle the track. Uh, she was a bit disappointed, six of eight. Um, on her latest start, I think it was on 1,000 Guineas Day, uh, she was a 22 to one shot again. Nibbled at from very, very big prices. Uh, there was a delay in the stalls or a filly going in. I think there was an issue. Uh, she was one of the first in. She was equipped with blinkers and she basically fell asleep in the stalls and she missed the break badly. Like we're talking about 10 lengths here. Um, she came through beating fillies to finish seventh. Um, obviously not given a hard time because all chance had gone at the start. Um, I would not be surprised if she turned up at an absolute ludicrous price and at the bare minimum outran her odds. Um, I don't. I, I think she's one just to have a, a small bet on. Um, should she take up her entry? Um, and then my bet of the week uh, would be from York on Sunday. Um, a mare called Breathtaking Look. Um, Stuart Williams trains this five-year-old who won at uh, Doncaster at odds of twenty to one. Um, last year, uh, Group Three over seven furlongs. And uh, that was that was prior. Uh, that was just after uh, an, a win at Newmarket, um, which started her kind of improved sequence. She then ran at York in a Phillies handicap, um, and the form is absolutely sublime. The winner, it was 66 to one shot. Mm-hmm. The name just escaped me. She won against Vince. Um, a Gen Court was second. She won a listed race next time out, was placed in the Duchess of, um, or sorry, the Duke of Cambridge this year at Royal Ascot. Um, the third and fourth were all listed placed, and the fifth has since won a listed race. Um, Brett Taken Luck then came back um, came back this season in, 
um, at Newmarket, finished second to Oxted, and we, we know what he's done, as we discussed at the top of the show. Um, and then she was essentially outclassed in the Diamond Jubilee against Colts last time out. Uh, she's back in against her own sex here, uh, down to Group 3 level. And there is one bookmaker, I believe, um, like going eight to one, which is is ludicrous. Um, she should be probably a, a seven to two, four to one shot. Um, that eight to one is probably going to be gone by the time this comes up. But you know, if if you get anything better than even half of that, you know, nine to two plus, and that's free, like six to one is freely available. Um, she is easily my bet of the week. Um, and then just going to look forward to the, you know, the racing. The, the, the current cards are absolutely brilliant. Um, there'll be loads of clues and we can go from there and talk about that next week. Great. Thanks, Andy. Uh, that breathtaking look as you're speaking has actually just gone to six to one. Maybe it's your voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take a bit of that. It's got Ben Curtis on board too. Um, I do remember that run. It was a great one. Miss Celestial's also entered in that race too, but I'm unsure mm. where she'll turn up. Um, let's go over to Declan. Anything from you? I think you're going jumping, aren't you? Yeah, lads. There's, there's loads of jumping on this weekend. We've been talking about the flat for hours now. Look, there's a the one I really wanted to talk about. You know, I prepared a bit. I was going to run a tomorrow on Saturday. Beginner's chase. I marked him out as a as a chase of the follow, and then I I, I got a notification today that he was fourth in a maiden hurdle. Um, it's a it's a horse called Jack Haggett. Uh, he he's a I'll talk about him because he's still entered, but he's probably not going to run. He was going to run that beginner's chase in Tremor, but he's always looked like a big chaser. He's trained by Dot Love and he's owned by a guy called Sean Riley. I've been always following Sean's horses. I fell in love with a horse he had called Shadow Ella. She was a a grade two winner. She won Mm. a grade two hurdle at the Ferdy House Easter Festival. It could actually be a grade one now. It could be the one that Annie Powers got and won and you know, the, the rest of the the rest of Willie's mares. Um but he he'd another horse who's a half sister to Jack, uh Don Shadow. She was illicit hurdle winner. She's she went she, she ran in the Drinmore. Like she she was she was good enough to turn up in the Drinmore. It was the Drinmore that Delta Walk won. Delta Walk beat Larichburg by a short head. The likes of Disco Rama ran in the race. Um, Cuba Mania, like it was a lot of good horses in it. She fell at the first and she sort of never recovered. But they're, they're both out of a dam called Korsky Shadow, could well be owned by Sean. And he, he, he's definitely won just a stick in the notebook uh, for next season. When I seen him turning up in a beginner's chase in July, I was thinking, ah, come on. Now, come on, bit pissed off the ground. Like, you know what I mean? You're better than that. So, I'm hoping, look, he, he, he probably, I'm not, I'm not, lads, I'm not saying he's going to win a Gold Cup, right? But he's one to stick in the notebook. He's one to follow. He could, he could turn up at a big price in a beginner's chase because he's ran some fair races in, in maiden hurdles in Ireland. The problem, the problem with these beginner's chases in Ireland is some of them can be as good as grade one novice chases. You run really well in one. If you don't win one, and you're not good enough to be a grade one horse, you can be, you know, you, you forget about handicaps. You're, you're rated too high. So it'll be interesting to see when he does go jumping, just what they think of him. 
but he, he's definitely one for me to follow. I always follow Sean's horses, and he's you know, I'm a li- little bit excited about him. And it'd be great if I thought to have a, a decent horse again. Um, there's another beginner's chase, a mare's beginner's chase at Tipperary on Sunday. There's a horse who used to be trained by Colin Bow. Uh, I think he's still owned by the Bowes, but he's trained by Declan Quigley now. It's a mare called Western Victory. She had a lot of decent form over hurdles. Very, very tough mare. And she's gone jumping now. She's gone jumping fences now. She, again, she was another one who fell on her first chase. Who knows? But look, ha- have a look at her on Sunday. Don't know if she'll turn up. Don't know what price she'll be. But she's worth following. Um, there's an interesting beginner's chase at Tipperary on Sunday as well. You have the likes of David Charm has entered and Ming Dynasty. I don't like horses gone chasing who've ran it. Over hurdles for a long, long time, and they have. But you know, they've won good hurdle races. They've won decent handicaps. Davis Charm is was knocking on the door of being top class. So I don't know. They're too long over hurdles for me. But you know, it, it, it might be it. It might be an enjoyable race to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can hear the passion in your voice talking about those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once the jump starts, I'm getting excited. Yeah. Um, I think that's how I feel too. I mean, I'm not looking at that Jack Hackett who you're talking about here, he he's run today and he's finished one length, beating him to fourth um, in that maiden hurdle. But he's he's actually only got a mark of um, one four on ten. Sorry. Um, yeah. That looks quite lenient, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. But you know, he he's a big boy. Yeah. He's a big boy. He's going to be jumping fences. The problem with the maidens in Ireland is, you know, you're knocking on the door to win a one. Forget about handicaps, like you know, you you've sort of lost your chance. We saw a little racing here, the quality's that little bit higher in the races that you know it's it's sort of, you know, people knock Irish racing. You, you you look at Irish maidens, particularly in the winter, and you have a lot of horses out the back. You know, unfortunately, they know if if they run well, you're turning up. You know, you finish second to a Willie Mullen superstar. Forget <laughs> about it. You know, you're not good enough to go to the Cheltenham Festival and win a grade one and you're going to be handicapped out of it. So, you know, it, it, we, we do suffer a little bit from that. You know, it, it, it's not cheating, but you have to be sensible and you have to make money at the end of the day. There's one more jumper I just want to touch on. It, it was a horse who was, it's in, he's in my tracker a long time. He's called Get Out the Gate. He was with Jim Goldie. He had a lot of potential. He won his first couple of chases and then he lost it with a farm now there's nobody like Gordon from buying a horse you know buying a horse from Britain and improving it used to be the other way around horses in Ireland couldn't get into races they had to go to Britain to get into a race because there's so much more racing over there it was easier to get in but Gordon's been buying these horses from Britain and he's been I mentioned Cuba Mania earlier you know he he, he bought him from Britain he ended up running the Drinmar he was he turned him almost into a top class horse like you know very good horse so get out the gate he's ran for Gordon already but I'd definitely be keeping an eye on him he's running in Tipperary 4.35 a handicap cap chase we'll see there's another horse I love in that race Powers Bomb you know he, he'll have days ahead of him he'll have days ahead of him in the winter um, he, he he usually turns up at a big price he's one just to keep an eye on um, and 
just the last one I'll touch on, back to the flat, the Curra Cup. I don't know where they'll turn up, but Sovereign is there. You have to, these horses who run the, the Mile 6 races all the time. And they're not, they're not top class. Like, you know, the master of reality, Twilight Payment. They're probably, you know, Twilight Payment's probably with Joseph now. Sovereign won the Irish Derby, won it from the front, has been off since then, toward the last day. He, he's the class horse in that race for me. If he turns up, that's where my money be gone. That's great. Declan, as, uh, that's why we've got you on here, mate. You are the one for the jumps, mate. That's brilliant. Oh, yeah, Cheers, I'm, I'm actually looking through all of those now. I'm writing them all down myself. <laughs> right, so Stephen... Last yeah, no, that, was, you, that was brilliant, Jack, by the way. Yeah, like, brilliant. Listen, uh, mine's, mine's just a little race at York on Sunday. Uh, the horse I want to back if it runs is Roberto Escobar of Willie Haggis's. Sorry, another Haggis horse. But yeah, this son of Galileo out of Bewitched running a little maiden at Haydock. And this horse, it was, it was backed, which was obviously a good sign on debut anyway. It was quite quite strongly fancy James Doyle right? But Mr. Break. Wasn't given a hard time at all. It, it sort of found traffic, and uh, it ran on really well to finish third. I know there's a you always have a little snag with these ones at these unlucky losers, but it's running in a conditions race, the twelve forty five race on Sunday. And the interesting thing about it, if it runs is that Brent, Brentford Hope of Richard Hughes is in the same race. This is that thing that it looked like he joined the race at the Furlong Park Newmarket. It won by about six lengths on the bridle. I think a few. I think Andy, for one, wasn't overly keen on the form at the time, was he? But um, if you go back through that race, uh, the third horse that day was uh, Arthurian Fable, who's been who's been running really respectable in big handicaps. But I'm sort of hoping if Brentford Hope runs and uh, Roberto Escobar goes, we might get we might we might get a little bit of value because of the because of the Hughes horse. But uh, it's just fingers crossed that he runs, really. Yeah. That's great. That's great, Steve. That it from you, mate? Yeah, that's it, I think, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, like I said, the Irish guys have covered the Irish race in this. They're yeah. trappy little heats, aren't they? Yeah. Well, uh, to find, fin- finish things off, I'm just going to go through a couple of that I've noted down for the week. They're not at the most um, amazing meetings, but the things that I think will give good running in front of the money. I was, uh, I'm actually looking forward to one, uh, actually tomorrow at, uh, on Thursday at Hamilton. Um, it ran four days ago at Hamilton over course and distance. And again, I think it's going to come on from that. It came there looking like it was going to win the race and then it just petered out. It couldn't be, it couldn't live with Smeaton. And Smeaton looks like a handicap good thing in a minute uh, over the over the mile course at the moment. But the horse I'm looking at in that race is called Retirement Beckons. Um, it's a low-level Class 6 handicap. You know, you don't go mad on it, but I think he's got... I think he's got another bit of improvement coming from an over course and distance. I think he, I think he'll go well under Graham Lee. Um, going over to Friday, here's where the jumping comes out because I'm actually going to Kilbegan. Um, I actually really like one for Tony Mullins here called Rescue Package. Um, he was second to a, a while ago now to Dolcita of Willie Mullins, um, and then he flopped next time out. And I know that Tony Mullins came out when he won his national on flat race. Thought he was this, this horse. She was very high class, and I think she will handle the better going. She's been running on heavy going, um, and I think we could see an improved horse this year. She's still got time on the side. It does look a quite a tough uh, Mers hurdle. This um, actually the, the five fifteen at Kilbegan. Um, 
but she's one for trackers definitely, and I'll have a small wager on her if she comes up at a decent price because I think she'll go. I think she'll go under the radar there unless they're obviously having it off with um, the Mullins family on board. Um, and then also Friday, moving on to keeping with Friday, I've got two more for Friday. They're both running at Leicester. Um, one is in Marcus Tregoningos running in the five thirty-five at Leicester. Um, real eye catcher last time, and that's right here. Uh, Handan Almutun horse ridden under Jim Crowley, absolutely flew home last time at Kempton. Looks um, looks a horse to follow going forward. And then the final one from me, eight or five Leicester Saeed Bin Saror. I've heard good things about this horse. It's a horse called Moving Light. It's a newcomer. Um, it's been running with um, Great Example, who runs on Saturday at York, and putting that up uh, on the water gallops really well. Another one to put in your trackers going forward. It's interesting that Saeed's just starting to turn a corner now. He's guards coming into form. He ran. I gave you one the other guy the other day, guys, and it it just simply couldn't live with the two up in, in front. But those four ones to focus on. So tomorrow we're looking at retirement Beckham's at, at Hamilton, Kilbegan Friday rescue package, Leicester on Friday, Ratia and moving light. Is Dana? Sorry, Chris, to interrupt. Is Dana new one? Right here, or is it Jim Crowley? Now Jim Crowley's going. Oh, I was really, was, I think he was, was really disappointed in Newmarket, wasn't he, that he didn't find the gap? Yeah, oh, sorry, it was Newmarket, wasn't it? Yeah, not yeah. Good. I'm actually thinking of another one that. Yeah, no, he won at Kempton before that. I do apologise. I was just looking at it. I just, yeah. where I hadn't looked at Leicester, but uh, yeah. Could I mention oh, one more? Can I? Yeah, just, just, uh, yeah, go on. That's all right. Stay, go on. No, I didn't know whether we was going to touch on the Hackwood Stakes at uh, Haydock or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah. I just, uh, I was looking, I said, I mentioned it last week that uh, Sean So Bright was entering the like up, wasn't he? He wouldn't have been quick enough, I don't think, but this is a, is a lesser grade. And I think it'd be interesting to see how he goes over six. He showed a hell of a lot of speed at Epsom on Derby Day behind Safe Voyage in the, Dev- in the, in the Diamond Stakes. I think eight to one's and needs a bit of value, you know. Like, I think the Tim Man's a worthy favourite. He's getting on a bit. He's got good form around Haydock, hasn't he? He's been a Sprint Cup winner. And he was also second to Hello Unzone last year. But it'd be interesting. I just think Shine So Bright could be could be worth a squeak at eight to one. Yeah, it's the Hagwood Six Four lands, lads. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what? Just having a quick look there. Mum's table was all the rage for the Guineas. All the rage. Ran in a couple of the Guineas, another group one. What, what's the heck with group three? Yeah, yeah, you know, Ryan Moore's up, you know, could be about, about 14 to one. You might find bigger. Um, I, I, I'll add that in now. Quick, 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 late add into the to British races. Bum's <laughs> table in the heck with. That's great. I see Scaradu has a bloody entry. I swear to God, if he, he comes <laughs> back to his print race. Well, oh boy, you'll follow that horse over a cliff, Andy. No, no, I'm done with him now until I see him over seven. You know what's going to happen. I know damn well what's going to happen. <laughs> Do you know what? I've actually I've, I've touched on all these horses, but I haven't actually given my bet of the week. The this bet, better be good. This is the bet of the week. It's Saturday. It's at Bath. So it's terrible racing. But Yeah, but that's where you find the winners. Yeah, this is where the winner is going to be. It's going to be in uh, Stayers Race at Bath. Um, it's a William Muir horse, and it's called Hammy End. Um, it's been running... Oh, it's been unlucky. It's last three starts, it's finished second. 
It's absolute nat material if it turns up in this class five. It, there's nothing in this race of any note at all. If he turns up, they go a decent pace like they always do at Bath. He's run here before, and he's gonna come. He's gonna come steaming down the outside and win this race. Hammy End seven oh five Bath Saturday. Get on it. Happy day. And that kind of wraps it up, guys, this week. So I'd like to thank Mr. Stephen Edwards, Declan Carroll and Andy Cummins for this week's edition of Understarters Orders. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, cheers, lads. Cheers, thanks very much. Next week. Take it easy. Cheers, Cheers. Thanks. thanks very much, everyone, Bye-bye. for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Have happy punting. Let's see if we can get you a few winners this weekend. See you later. Good. Cheers, guys.